It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling And everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year All right, It's week three of the Simple Christmas Joy edition of the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I am Pastor Quint, and I am joined today by the legend himself, uh. Pastor Don Fisher. Pastor Don, would you say hello? Hello, everybody. This is uh, super fun and super cool uh, to... We're going to talk a little bit uh, today just about this topic of joy. If you've been following along, we created some bonus uh, or some Advent devotionals that we've uh, pushed out here at Erie First uh, to anyone who has come to our services or that we could deliver to their house. Um, and then, uh, so I wrote the first one, Pastor Kayla wrote the second one, and Pastor Don wrote the third one on the subject of joy. And then we've uh, been doing these uh, podcasts as bonus material, something for you to just listen to, chew on, and, uh, you know, hopefully just kind of adds to the experience this Advent, this Christmas season. So, Don, I will start with the same question that uh, I start that Nicole asked me, and then I asked Kayla, so now I'm going to ask you, does your family have any unique or different Christmas traditions? Well, uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get together this year, but in the last several years, uh, we have something that probably most of our staff here don't have, and that's grandchildren. Mm, okay. But at Christmas time, the grandchildren have made a tradition Uh, they pick a time really over a couple of days and they go down in the basement of my son's house and they develop a show for us. Uh, it could be gymnastics, it could be singing, uh, whatever it is. And once they get that set up, then they invite all the parents to come down and grandparents and we sit around in a circle and watch them do their Christmas show. That's awesome. Yeah. I, re I remember doing that with my grandparents. They would visit... They lived in Texas most of my childhood years, so they would visit once a year, usually. So whether it was Christmas or summer, we were creating some type of uh, show or something to put on for them. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. That is very, very fun. So, um, all right. Well, this is actually interesting because Pastor Don and I have uh, the unique joined or shared background. Of we have both spent a significant amount of time in Chautauqua County and Jamestown, New York. So um, we both have a an affection for AJ's Texas Hots. Yes. That was one of the first questions he asked me when I interviewed here, actually. That's right. Um, so anyways, any uh, any Christmas memories or just memories in general from the good old Levant days and Jamestown days up in, uh, up in New York for you, Don? Well, we spent 12 years there, and uh, those were formative years for our boys. Uh, when we moved there, uh, they were 10 and 12. And so uh, during the Christmas time, uh, obviously connected with the church and the activities of the church, but we always try to make uh, Christmas special, um, but they, it was not lavish. Uh, the boys knew that basically what they were going to get would be practical, something they could use. Uh, but at the same time, um, I think one of the memories that stick with me is we had a group of friends, um, and actually... Uh, they they attended Levant uh, okay. Church, and so we would all go out and cut our Christmas tree, and then uh, we would come back to one of the houses, and all of the families 
that were together would bring a pot of soup. And so after we went out, we all cut our Christmas trees, took them back to our houses. Then we would go over to one house and everybody would sit around and just share the, all the different kind of soups and just have a great time, spend the rest of the day. So yeah, that, that sticks with me. Yeah, that's very, uh, very cool and different. And so you were there in uh, Jamestown for 12 years, you said? Yes. Okay, had a church there, um, mm-hmm. coached basketball. Right. Right. Uh, so Pastor Don actually coached at a school that I later went to. It's no longer open, but a uh, small mm-hmm. Christian school. But you guys were pretty good in, in your day. Yeah, I, uh, we, we were pretty good. And I, I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek because uh, I'm being very objective, but my two boys were uh, actually the better players uh, in the uh, New York Penn uh, Conference. One was 6'5", one was a little, just about 6'4". And so we did win the championship. Uh, we beat Warren County, which the school had never beaten before. Wow. And so I guess we, we went out on a high note. Yeah, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah, those are some uh, some good old days. Um, I played in that same league. And um, for small Christian schools, the rivalries were pretty thick and, right. uh, and fun. So that's very cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about joy um, today, and so you wrote on uh, Luke chapter two, eight through twelve was kind of the text that you based this writing on. Right. Um, but it's really just this idea, and I think, you know, I, I won't say universally, but broadly speaking, just in general, this idea of the weary world rejoices is very strong as we wrap up 2020, because it has been a bruiser of a year. Yes. Um, and so you you were given the topic of joy. How do we find joy in the middle of all this as we close up, you know, this crazy year? So mm-hmm. any, any thoughts you want to kind of share about what you wrote? Well, uh, obviously, if those who are listening to us have the devotional, they have uh, what I'd written regarding joy. So I'm not going to repeat all of that. But uh, when you asked me to do the podcast, I was thinking about joy, and I was thinking about um, a song that has been sung ever since the beginning by heathens, by Christians, by non-Christians, mm-hmm. and that is joy to the world. Right. And 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 I've I have a little thing that I um, um, it's not really a, a a platform or a hobby horse that I ride, but. Uh, I've often said I, I'm someday I'm going to write a book about songs that we sing, but don't believe. And uh, I went back in my uh, childhood years in my early environment, thinking all of the songs that had joy in it. Uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and uh, Jesus is the joy of living. And but when I came to joy to the world. Um, I looked at that and I thought, you know, we sing this. Uh, in fact, we sang it this uh, week, last yeah. yeah, last Sunday in our first service, um, and yet we we sometimes we just overlook the words that's in there. And and I think most of the songs, uh, whether it's um, you know Christmas or just throughout the year, uh, most of the songs we sing really they have a message. There's an application. And there's opportunity for response. Right. So when I was thinking about joy to the world, uh, three of the three of the verses that came to me, and the message was, "Let every heart prepare him room." Mm. And I thought, you know, it, it's not practical 
But when we're singing that, we could actually stop there and, and, and explain what it means. Every heart, prepare him room and give an application and give a response. Then you go to another verse and it says, he rules the world. Well, uh, Quint, you alluded to earlier that we're in this whole mess of a thing that we call COVID, and there's a lot of discouragement and depression, and um, uh, really, sometimes our uh, fear overrides our faith in, yeah. in what, how we're living. Right, right. So, uh, with all of that being said, and then we sing joy to the world, and we put the line in, he rules the world. Mm-hmm. So my thinking is, when it comes to joy, if we're serving a God that rules the world and is in control of the world, uh, as Jesus says to, the, to his disciples, um, he said, I want you to be full of joy. I want my joy to remain in you, that your joy might be complete. Hmm. Then I looked at the last one, and one of the, one of the verses says, No more let sin and sorrows grow. So, um, I mean, being, being a pastor and looking at that, I'm thinking, hey, there's a sermon series. You know, God rules the world. We pre- uh, prepare our hearts uh, as a room for him, and we get rid of sin and sorrows. And once that happens, then I think joy comes in. Yeah. Man, you might think that I put Pastor Don up to this, sharing all these worship-centered thoughts, but I didn't. I could go off of that for an hour, just everything you just said, because as a worship pastor, that's, you know, uh, where all of this started for me was just leading worship. And man, every song is a sermon right. waiting to happen, right. you know, if you're willing to dig in. And that's why as a worship leader, I get discouraged or, or it can be challenging when you see people just redundantly, or I don't know what the word is, just kind of routinely uh, singing a just a song because it's a song that they know with their eyes shut. You can wake them up at 2 a.m. and they'll know the words kind sure. of thing, yeah. you know? And th- th- there's good there, but man, let those words get inside you. Let them act, really dissect them, dig into them, you know? Mm-hmm. It almost se- feels like cheating um, or it feels like, as a pastor, it could feel like the easy way out to be like, well, I'm not just going to get up and say all the words that were just in that song because that's just obvious, but... It should be obvious, but unfortunately, a lot of times it isn't for people. They don't. Right. They don't say, "Yeah, that does say let every heart prepare him." That does say, the you know the weary world rejoices, the thrill of hope. Like he rules the world. He rules. Think He's of those words. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. I think that is so so huge. And um, the other thought I had, you you shared it earlier, or when you started talking, was um, I had the chance to be on a radio show last year over at. I don't know where because I'm not from here. I don't know the local radio stations, but with a, with several other pastors talking about uh, Christmas time, mm-hmm. and um, one of the one of the other ministers made a point that this is such a powerful time of the year because, like you said, heathens and Christians alike, or I will say, uh, people who are faithful to coming to church or people who don't ever go to church all know Christmas songs. Right. And right. and the amazing thing about that is as a worship leader, if you put Joy to the World in there, if some 
total outsider comes in, they'll at least know one song, right? Like they might not know the other two from Bethel and Ren Collective or whatever, but they're going to know that Christmas song. Joy to the World. Joy to the World right. or Oh Holy Night or whatever. Yeah. And then the other epiphany I had about that was that a friend of mine uh, back in the Jamestown area plays out at clubs, not clubs, but like bars and uh, restaurants and whatever else a lot, plays his guitar and mandolin. But he was uh, working on uh, fresh arrangements of Oh Holy Night and and whatever else. And I thought, man, the gospel is going to be proclaimed through this guy at some brewery because it's Christmas time and he's working on Oh Holy Night and they're all going to love it and they're hearing the word. Right. And so we just got to pray that when that happens, it actually goes in. It It's deeper than just, oh, good, he did a song I like or I yeah. know. Well, and I and and you're exactly right, Quinn. You you, you can go a hundred different directions with this, but I think when people come into church, and, and this is a whole other rabbit trail, but you know, I've often said, how many people come into church with a question for God? Right. And so they're sitting there, and now they're singing "Joy to the World," and the question is, uh, do you rule my life? Do I have room in my heart for you? Uh, have I set aside all sin and sorrow? Um, it's a legitimate. Le- legitimate question. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, I think there's a reason why, and I preached this in a worship series here a year or two ago, but there's a reason why um, in Psalms it says over and over, sing a new song unto the Lord. And in Colossians, it says to, to lift each other up with Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And the reality is the church has never stopped singing new songs to the Lord. Right. And I think that is so important because because God's made us to be creative beings and because it is our desire to give back to him, but also because it continuously is building new anthems, if you will, new sounds to mark seasons that we're going through. Mm -hmm. So the worship that's going to come out of 2020, we will look back and be like, that was the album, that was this song, those were the experiences that got me through such a hard year, right? right? And and I think that is the power of... um, of all these things, when Kayla and I recorded our podcast that aired last week, we talked about um, the Stones of Remembrance idea and how Christmas traditions really are, we love them because they are comforting, but they're comforting because they remind us of a time, they mark a time that we've lived through, right? right? So your grandkids will look back and remember the tradition of just like I did when you when you said that it immediately brought me back to where I was on West Oak Hill Road in Jamestown, New York, doing that for my grandparents. So right. the traditions mark a time and that and so all that to say in regards to music, the music is meant to mark different seasons that we walk through in our Christian journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well even in Psalm where it says uh, in your presence there's fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could go through there. There's a whole string of verses regarding joy. But one of the things that um, I, I guess that came to my mind when, we're, when I was thinking about the podcast was uh, hope and joy go hand in hand. Uh, if you don't have hope, you're not going to have joy. Right. And, uh, and I think that sometimes people have understood joy to mean uh, and it is, it, it's the characteristic of joy is happiness and all, all of that, but um, it's more than an emotion. It's, it's a fruit. It, it's a gift. Right. And that's why when Jesus said, uh, 
you know, when he was leaving this earth, he said, I'm going to give you my peace, and then I want you to have my joy. And so really, I think joy for the believer is like an inheritance. You know, God's given it to us. Uh, we have to take it. We have to appropriate it. Right. But God's given us an inheritance of joy. And unfortunately, Quint, um, a lot of our people today, and I keep, I guess I have to be myopic enough to focus in on the church because we expect the non-believer to be depressed and discouraged because there's no hope. They have no hope. They have no hope. Right. We expect the heathen who's never heard about God, never been in a church, we expect them to be frustrated and anxious and, and, and confused and, and, and all the chaos because they have no hope. But So I'm speaking specifically to those who uh, call themselves believers, who come to church, who listen to your worship sets, who understand there's a difference between singing words and catching the message yeah. and then applying the message instead of walking out saying, well, you know, this service is great for somebody else. Right, right. <laughs> so that whole joy thing, um, and I think sometimes it can be misinterpreted in, in my life, and I know that a lot of times, uh, you know, I'm 73 years old, uh, and, and, and I'm not feeling like I'm ready to uh, hibernate, shrink up, shrink up, and just go away. Why? Because I think there's still some joy there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I do, there's joy in there's joy in serving Jesus. There's joy in the journey, and I think we all can experience that this year. No matter how hard it's been, we can still experience the joy of the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And I I said this in the first um, podcast with Pastor Nicole. And if I had known we were going here, I would have done I would have done my homework to find out where the verse is. But there's that verse. I think it's in either first or second Peter, you might know off the top of your head, that says that outsiders will see our hope and see our joy and ask what's different about us, right? As believers. Right. Like we are to be we are to live with such hope that produces such joy that it's obvious to others we're different, right? Right. Yeah. To, yeah. to the non-believer, to the heathen, to the outsider. So to me, um, I think 2020 has given us like the the best opportunity to do that. I'm not saying it's easy. It is this year has been difficult. I personally have had uh, a couple months here where I've been dealing with a lot of like increased stress and increase just a, a lot, not because of I think just because as a, a parent of young kids and wondering about what's going to happen in the world that we're we've birthed them into and everything, yeah. like there's a lot there, but I know um that if I lean into the source, if I lean into my source, I will find hope and I will find strength and therefore I will find joy. So I think that is the, that is the message that we need to cling to and remember as believers is that we are to be a light to the world. And when we are abiding in that so greatly, it, it will almost be obvious to them something is different about them. They have something that makes me wonder. So... Well, I, I think with, um, you know, we we are, how do I say this? We have dual citizenship. Mm -hmm. We are in the kingdom of this world. We live in it. We live and move in this kingdom. But we are also uh, citizens of the kingdom of God. And, and I think people are still learning how to transition from one kingdom to another. Right. Because they're, they're, in, the, they're in the kingdom of God 
but they're depending on the kingdom of the world, if you will, to provide them joy. Right. And that's that means whether it's a job or whether it's uh, things or whether it's material possessions. Politics. They're yeah, they're depending on the kingdom of the world to provide them joy, and they're never going to find it. Right. In, in that area. Right. So our dual citizenship gives us the right to live in this world, but we are citizens of the kingdom of God, and one of those benefits is joy. Absolutely. I love it. Well, um, this could go on another hour if I open up the can of worms of of putting our hope in politics, but I won't do that. You'll have to tune in next time. No, I, I promise you I won't do that in general, but everything you're saying, I so agree with Pastor Don, and I think this year has shown us, the last month has shown us, whether your team won or didn't win, and I'm not talking about football, If you're, what I have observed is if your hope and joy is in what happens with the government, I mean... You're, you're toast. I'm sorry, yeah, but it's yeah. just that is not how it was meant to be. And I don't want to go down a 59-minute rabbit trail on that. I think we probably could, but uh, he rules the world, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll let, do you have any other thing well, you want to add to that? No, just, just like we have fake news, uh, there are people today with fake joy. Oh, uh, there, there it is. <laughs> That's worth sticking around for right they, there. They have, they have fake joy, mm-hmm. and it, it's based on... things, then the joy is gone. Yeah. But, you know, very quickly, we don't, you, you and I don't have to be super spiritual and be around people very long before we can tell who really has the joy of the Lord. Right. I cannot, and I'm not saying that I'm psychic, but I can walk around the church and almost say, they have joy, he doesn't, she has joy. You say, well, how can you say that? Because I think joy radiates in our countenance. Mm. Uh, in our attitude, in our actions, uh, in our speech, uh, in our outlook on life. And so um, I just trust that this Christmas season, no matter what you're going through that's listening to this podcast, let me assure you, and I know Quint would back this up, that, that our hope in Christ will bring us the joy that we need to get through the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... Let the songs mark that for you, like you were talking about, Pastor Don. Let the, let the worship you're listening to, let the Christmas carols have new meaning and new depth in your heart um, as you listen to them and sing them out. Really dig into those words, because there's a sermon in every one of them, and uh, they're not just really cool and attractive graphics for the media department at local churches to make and put on the internet and put on billboards, but... When we have that thrill of hope, this weary world can rejoice, right? And when we remember He rules the world, we can remember that it's our role to proclaim joy to the world. So I love it. Thanks so much for doing this, Pastor Don. Um, I will will definitely have you on again in 2021, and we will pick any topic at all, because I love sitting and talking with you, and I appreciate you. Uh, you know, affirming my role in uh, this church and just in ministry in general, and um, you know, being patient with me as I have a lot to learn. And uh, you are you're an awesome man. So, all right, we will uh, catch you next time. If um, we don't talk again, have a merry Christmas. If you don't hear this podcast again, I should say before the end of the year, 
have a Merry Christmas, have a Happy New Year, and we'll catch you in 2021. Very uh, grateful for everybody who's listened along this year. It has been a wild ride, uh, but I'm excited for what's to come. And again, thank you, Pastor Don, for uh, doing this one. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the high, happy...